There he stood with his hat in his hand and the wind in his hair, and looked down upon the three hobbits that had been laid there on their backs, upon the grass at the west side of the mound. Raising his right hand, he said in a clear and commanding voice, Wake now, my merry lads, wake and hear me calling. Warm now, be hard and limb, the cold stone is fallen. Dark doors standing wide, dead hand is broken. Night under night is flown, and the gate is open. To Frodo's great joy, the hobbits stirred, stretched their arms and rubbed their eyes and suddenly sprang up. They looked about in amazement at Frodo and then at Sam standing large as life on the barrow top above them, and then at themselves in their white rags, crowned and belted with pale gold and jingling with trinkets. What's up there, guys? Hey. How's it going, guys? How's it going? Welcome to episode 18 of Keep on Tolkien, your number one podcast for Tolkien stuff. And we are excited about this one today, yeah. guys. We're stoked about this episode. We've been talking about this one for a while, definitely since like season one. Oh, yeah. Because this is something we just talk about all the time, and we decided to make it in and do an episode. Yeah, it might end up being a couple. We'll see how the, how this trails out. But Right. So uh, basically, it's a list. We came up with a list of 30 characters that were shafted. By the Peter Jackson trilogy. We're talking the original Lord of the Rings trilogy. As much as we love them, we just wanted to go over a list of uh, peoples and characters that either didn't get justice in the movies because, I mean, they're movies. They have to cut some things out. This is a massive novel trilogy. Right. Which is understandable. I think Peter Jackson's trilogy is about as good as it could have gotten Yeah, for a Hollywood production. It was, I mean, it was amazing. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Is yeah, it, not gonna lie. It's a shit. Like we've said before, that's it's a major part of both of our childhoods. Right. And to reiterate, we do hate the Hobbit trilogy <laughs> quite a bit. Just disclaimer. Just disclaimer. We do hate the Hobbit trilogy quite a bit, and we've done episodes about that. Go look at them. Episodes one, two, three, and um, episodes one, <laughs> two, and, and three. three. That's how we started this. <laughs> <laughs> We st literally started a podcast to bitch about the Hobbit movies. That's how it all started. Yeah. So we do love the the Peter Jackson trilogy. We watch it all the time. Um, but yeah, there were some characters that were just cut out of the books that we really love. We, you know, a lot, lot of cool side characters that we yeah. like. And after we really started getting into some of the first stage and older lore from Tolkien's world, the Silmarillion stuff, we thought it'd be fun to go through and touch on a bunch of these characters that got either cut out or just in general, shafted in the movies. Yeah. Should we get into it? Let's just get right into it. Let's just dive right Let's in, Let's dive Here right in. Here we go. Oh, first, first and foremost. So, so these, are, we're going to start, these are kind of, disclaimer, this list kind of goes in order of the movies. Sort of, yeah. not quite. So we're going to start out with some characters from the prologue. Right off the bat, guys. The first two characters that we want to talk about that got shafted in the movies. Gilgalad and Círdan. And Gilgalad and Círdan are two very important characters from the first and uh, through the second ages. Very important. They're, they're two very important characters that kind of take the story of the history of Middle-earth into the third age and mm -hmm. the Lord of the Rings. So yeah, so they fought in the Last Alliance, which is the battle that we see in the prologue. 
Um, but uh, Gilgalad is shown stabbing somebody in the extended edition. Yeah, he's just shown briefly, just he's going. Just, uh, 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 yeah, he like uh, stabs down onto someone off screen and like yeah. puts his face in the air and dramatically uh, yells. Uh, and that's uh, Iglos the spear. Um, I didn't even uses. know it had a name. Iglos, yeah, it's famous. Yeah, it's Man. apparently uh, watching Gilgalad wield that thing was uh, it's a glaive. It's so it's kind of like halfway between a spear and a sword. Oh, cool. Yeah. We should have had the spear on the list. <laughs> yeah, I goes the spear got fucked. <laughs> uh, so Gilgalad was the high, last high king of the Noldor, being the king, uh, the son of uh, Fingon, mm-hmm. who's the eldest son of Fingolfin. And uh, so Gilgalad is killed in the in the siege of Barad-dûr, which we see Gilgalad there, but they don't show him getting killed. Yeah, and that's a pretty major point. He's the high. He's the last high king of the Noldor. Right. Yeah. The and this is where he dies. Him. Yeah. And the reason why Gilgalad and Círdan are important characters that they, I think they should have mentioned or at least shown, because they're two of the three ring bearers. Yeah, yeah, um, we get to know a lot about the ring bearers in the Lord of the Rings. It gets into that a lot. We get to see, um, well, Gandalf's a ring bearer. We don't know that till the end. We don't know that. Yet. Well, at this point, he's not. It's Círdan's ring that is later. Gonna I suppose. Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. But we get to meet Gandalf, then Galadriel, mm-hmm. Elrond, mm-hmm. and then uh, Bilbo Frodo. Yeah, and that actually brings us to our next point. When Gilgalad is killed, his ring is given to, uh, oh, what's his name? We just said it, Elrond, <laughs> our buddy Elrond, because uh, Elrond was the herald of Gilgalad. He kind of uh, led, he was like the bannerman, essentially. Yeah, so, okay, let's call it, Joel. Girdan, uh, Kirdan and Gilgalad. Shafted. 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 Yeah, Círdan was also in the the battle in the prologue, or he was supposed to be, because yeah, he, he was is, at yeah. Gilgalad's other number two. It was him and Elrond, mm-hmm. his left and right hand. Yeah. We saw a lot of Elrond, didn't see any Círdan. No Círdan. Except in the, they show him uh, in the end of the trilogy. They show a man standing over there that has no beard. Right, no. No, he has no beard. They show him <laughs> briefly in the beginning of the prologue, actually, when the chills. Oh, the that's right. Three yep. elves getting the three rings of power. Yeah, he's the he's the furthest back and most out of focus. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Number two, we have Enarian, son of Isildur. So this is something that um, bothers me a little bit about the movies, but it's 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 for the sake of uncomplicating things. In that um, they don't really explain that um, Elendil, when they set up the, the kingdoms of the Dúnedain, was the High King, but his sons were ruling the northern and the southern kingdom. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anarion is the first king of Gondor. He's the, uh, I, think, I believe he's the younger son of, uh, of Elendil. Isildur is older, I believe. I think so. He's actually, yeah, he's a pretty important character. His, uh, his line was eventually ended um, with... Uh, Aenur, who was captured and killed by the Witch King in 2050 of the Third Age, and he's the last king. So is Aenor his direct son, or is it a little further it's, down? It's further down the line. Okay. Yeah, it's it's quite a ways down the line. But he, yeah, he is uh, taken captive into Minas Morgul, and they never see him again. Jesus We're not actually Christ. sure if he's dead or not. I mean, they probably did God knows what to him. Jesus Christ. Anyway, he never came back. <laughs> he went there to challenge the Witch King in single combat. Yeah. Didn't go well, apparently. Didn't go well. But that, um, the ending of Anarion's line uh, paved the way for Aragorn, who's the line of Isildur, the older son of Elendil. That's the northern kingdom. The northern technically. kingdom of Arnor, yeah. So because the line of Anarion failed in the south, 
Aragorn, who is the line of Isildur, in the was, north, in the north, was able to claim kingship over. Yeah. Both. So technically, he should have come down and taken over rather than the lords of Gondor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't know why, because the Dúnedain chieftain is technically the king of the Northern Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah. So uh, Anarion was killed in the last alliance uh, as well. And Isildur, after the battle, actually planted the tree, the white tree of Gondor in Minas Anor, which is later called Minas Tirith. Anor being named after Anarion, actually. <laughs> um, and he plants it in the white tr- in the courtyard to honor his brother before heading back to the Northern Kingdom. But if you know anything about the story of Isildur, you know that he never got to the Northern Kingdom. Uh, Isildur and his eldest sons were killed in the Gladden Fields. Their names were Elendur, Aratan, and Curion. And uh, Valandil, who was the youngest son, stayed in Rivendell, and that's Aragorn's ancestor. Yeah, that's where Aragorn's line comes yeah, from. From the line of Valandil. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's uh, an Arian is never, <laughs> never. Why did he get shafted? Because he's never even mentioned, not even by name, except once in the extended edition. Denethor mentions in his one of his crazy speeches as he's like about to burn Fanor, Faramir. He's like. He sends something about the line of Anarion. That's it. It's the only mention. And uh, I think one of the reasons it's important to know is just because the difference between the Northern and Southern Kingdoms. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, which they didn't really explain a whole lot in the movie, but obviously that's pretty fucking complicated. Right. Like, it's the king and he comes back, essentially. It's, you know what I mean? It's a yeah. Hollywood movie. Well, that kind of takes us into the next character, too. Yeah. Elendil himself. Elendil himself, father of Isildur and Anarion. High king of the Dúnedain. Mm-hmm. He's the wielder of Narsil, who was made by Telkar, the dwarf. Yeah, we've name-dropped Telkar a couple times in the past. Telkar yeah. is a famous uh, first-age dwarf from Nargrad, who's made a couple things. He made um, Narsil, the sword that eventually went on to be sword of the of the kings. Mm-hmm. And then he made the dragon helm of Dorloman, and mm-hmm. he made the, what's the name of the dagger? Angrist. Angrist, the dagger that Baron uses to pry a Silmaril from Morgoth's Iron Crown. That's, that's some history for you. Yeah. And we and Joel were actually talking, we were joking about this the other day, because Telkar's supposed to be like the greatest smith, like one of the greatest smiths of all He's time. He's one of the greatest dwarven smiths, yeah. Yeah, and, and his yet, shit always breaks. It seems, yeah, his shit <laughs> breaks all the time. Narsil breaks? Yeah, Narsil breaks when you need it most, when you're trying to fight Sauron. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the fucking Angrist breaks right as it's about to... Pry the second Silmaril. The second Silmaril There's out. three, and they only get one because the dagger breaks when he's trying to start to get the second one. They have to leave. And it's that very broken shard that also smacks Morgoth in the face and starts to wake starts him up. Starts to wake him up, yeah. yeah. And hmm. so the shards of uh, the shards of Narsil are actually used for something pretty important, too. The hilt shard is what Isildur uses to cut the ring from Sauron's hand mm. and take it for his own. And uh, so Elendil in the movie, we see this. We see him in the movie. They show him like once, mm-hmm. and he's killed by Sauron pretty quick. Pretty quick, like in a single blow. Yeah, like, he's just like one swoop, and he's like, yeah. and he hits a wall, and he's and he's dead. Not the epic battle that should have happened between a lord of the Dúnedain. No, because and his Sauron. sword broke because he was fighting so hard, wasn't it? Right. Yeah, it broke because that's like the only reason why Sauron was able to kill him. Essentially, was because his sword had fucking broken. Like it was, it became worthless, you know. Mm-hmm. And often, if you study, uh, you know, anything about like sword fighting, often a sword fight will end in one sword breaking. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, because that's especially back in the day. That's why, yeah, it, swords broke all the time, and hmm. then you're fucked when your sword breaks. Essentially, 
So yeah, he's shafted. He's a shafted character because he's depicted as an old, pretty old, fucking frail old man. Right. He's also another very important character from the prologue scene that didn't get any justice. I mean, he was the high king of the Dunedain, mm-hmm. and he was the one, one of the people more or less leading the last alliance. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And they, yeah, they didn't uh, really do him justice, in my opinion. They showed him for a second. He got killed. I understand that they probably didn't want to have a huge, gigantic fight scene in the prologue. But I don't know, do it in a flashback or something. You know what I mean? It would like, have been cool. It's well, uh, it's some pretty heavy history there. Yeah. Uh, let's call it Elendil. Shafted. Shafted. <laughs> All right, now we're going to get into our, some of our friends from the Shire. Who do we got next, Joel? Next, we've got our friend from the Shire who got super shafted. Super shafted. He wasn't even name dropped or anything. He was just gone. We're talking about Frediger, that is Fatty Bulger. Fatty Bulger. He's a real stand up guy. He's one of the he's one of the close friends of Mary Pepin, Sam and Frodo. Like he's the only other one that was in on their whole yeah. scheme to get Frodo out of the Shire. Yeah, because there's the the the, uh, the chapter Conspiracy Unmasked when Frodo finds out that all his friends knew about the ring and they were planning on leaving with him and like all this. Like he, he it was essentially this big conspiracy. Fatty Bulger was in on it, man. Yeah, he, he knew about big, the ring. He, he knew about part Bilbo. of it. He helped them a lot with uh, moving Frodo to Crick Hollow and all sorts of stuff. Yeah, he uh, yeah, he helped them move all his shit to cuz that was and probably one of the reasons why he's cut out of the movie is because they cut out that whole storyline. I suppose yeah, they didn't even do the whole move to Krakalo thing. Yeah. It was just get get out of Bag yeah, End. get out of sh- the Shire. So Frodo in the book he moves to Krakalo to kind of make it look like he's just moving to another part of the Shire, mm-hmm. when really he's about to take off for a good long while. And Fatty Bulger is a big part of that because he stays in Frodo's new house in Krakalo, and kind of makes it up like you know people ask him oh, where's Frodo? Oh, he just left. You missed him. Yeah, he covers <laughs> for him. Yeah, he covers for him. Yeah, he's a, he's a. Uh, key player in covering for Frodo and his uh, alibi. And not only that, but uh, in the part in the book where they go into the old forest, mm-hmm. which isn't even in the movie at all. Yeah, not in the movie at all. Um, old forest, shafted. Shafted the forest. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fatty stays behind at, at Crick Hollow, and he actually is one of the first people to have the wraiths come after him. Because at this point, the Wraiths are in the Shire. Yeah, he has a run-in with the Nazgul. And I think it's the night that they leave, mm-hmm. right? The night that they leave to go into the uh, the old forest, the Wraiths come to his house at Kirk Hollow. And I don't remember exactly what it is that Fatty does, but he like does something to distract them, and he like runs out the back door and raises the alarm mm-hmm. and gets the... Uh, gets the he raised the Horn Call of Buckland, which is like a battle... Battle horn? Yeah, they haven't used it in a really, really long time. Yeah, so all these co- hobbits come out like sleepy as fuck, like, ooh, what's going on here? It's a battle, battle horn. Yeah, and it's because these fucking crazy-ass black riders were attacking. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things, so like, um, as a lot of people, uh, it, it's a frequent uh, topic of conversation among Star Wars nerds that the the guy that didn't shoot the space capsule in the very beginning of the first <laughs> movie is the most important character because he could have blew up the plans for the Death Star right there. Yeah, he would have killed C-3PO and R2-D2 on that little, on that escape shuttle. But he's like, yeah. no, wait, hold your fire. There's nobody alive in There's there. There's no life forms. Yeah. So that guy, him, him not shooting the capsule is an important thing. And very similar with uh, Frediger Fatty Bulger 
is that if he didn't delay the Nazgul by scaring them off and uh, and making them essentially think that Frodo was still staying there, they would have caught up to Frodo before they got even to the old forest, probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was, he's a pretty key player in delaying the Nazgul, even for a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's also pretty key in the um, the part that is completely, the chapter that is completely cut from the movie, The Scouring of the Shire. And um, he's actually captured because he leads, like, a group of, like, resistance fighters. Yeah. And they, they lock him up, and they starve him. And then after that, nobody ever calls him fatty anymore. Probably a sensitive subject. Probably a sensitive subject. But, yeah, he's, he's shafted because he's completely cut out of the movie. And, um, except for the extended edition, apparently, according to the internet, there's a, a scene where Bilbo mentions him by name. But oh, when he's doing the toasts at the party? Not when he's doing the toasts at the party, when he's like greeting people one by one in the extended edition. Oh. You know the part I'm talking about? But yeah, they also it's also suspected that the guy that raises his glass, his his mug when for they the say bulgers. for bulgers, a lot of people say that's Fatty Bulger. But really, in my book, he was just come out, cut out of the movie. Right. So they, yeah. We never got to figure out who he was, if he yeah. was anyone. So. so let's call it Fatty Bulger. Shafted. Shafted. Got the shaft. All right, next we've got kind of a group. We've got the Sackville Bagginses. Oh, fuck these people. Good old Lobelia and her son Lotho. Mm. Who is uh, her husband? Uh, I can't remember the husband's name. Is He's dead. Isn't it just her and Lotho? Anyway, the Sackville Bagginses are a group of Bagginses. Yeah. And we put them in as like one character, but... They kind of get shafted in general. We don't see or hear much of them. Right. We see them a little bit in the extended edition. Uh, Bilbo's all like, Sackville Bagans says, I don't want to talk to them. Yeah, and that's about it. That's about it. But, but uh, ultimately, they're the ones that have been gunning for Bag End for so long. Yeah, they hate Frodo because Frodo was named the heir of Bilbo's fortune, um, like adopted heir. Mm-hmm. And they were supposed to get all Bilbo's shit when he died. And it was a lot of shit. And it was a lot of shit. So yeah. they're very mad. So in the book, uh, Frodo sells Bag End to them before he leaves Hobbiton. And in the uh, the Scouring of the Shire, which we mentioned earlier, the chapter that's not actually in the movie, um, Lotho is uh, he becomes like the like the uh, like a warlord essentially of the <laughs> of the Shire, and uh, he's later murdered by Grima Wormtongue. Uh, Sauron makes him do it. Nice. Yeah, but yeah, he's shafted because he's co- like almost completely cut out of the movie, except for the one time we mentioned that they go Sackville Bagginses. Yeah. Another brief little mention. They did pretty good in the overall trilogy, like throwing in some brief mentions of people that they had to cut out. But little knots, like for nerds, right? Right. Like, hey, that's, you know, that's Fatty Bulger over there. <laughs> Let's see. Oh, another big character from the Shire that cut out. Good old Gaffer. Gaffer Gamgee. Uh, Christian name. Not Christian, they're not Christian. First name, Hamfast. Hamfast. Hamfast Gamgee. He's the father of Samwise Gamgee. He was Bilbo's gardener and uh, loyal servant for many years. He actually encountered a Nazgul as well. Yeah, he was another big player. He totally told the Nazgul to basically fuck off. Yeah, he told. Yeah, he was. He's always just like if people are if people are bothering Frodo, you got to go through Gaffer first. You know, like oh, if you Gaffer. if you're creeping around Bag End, he'll be like, hey, what are you doing up there? You know, get out of there. Frodo doesn't mm-hmm. want you around. Yeah, Gaffer is one of the few friends in uh, the Shire that that. The Baggins is really had Bilbo and Frodo. Everyone else thought them kind of strange. Mm-hmm. But Gaffer always defended them and always told them that they were good folks. Yeah, everyone was always thinking, yeah, they're weird. Gaffer's like, yeah, they're, no, they're cool. 
the good shit. But yeah, he um he he yeah, he sent the ring race the wrong way essentially when they came looking for Frodo. Isn't he the one that they say they're gonna pay him with gold too? When they're like, we'll come back with gold. Oh yeah, and he's just the, that's when he's he's just, then that's when he gets mad and he's just like, oh, no, fuck out, I'm out of here. Yeah, get get out of here. We'll come back with gold. Gaff is just like, get out, get go on, get. All right, ham fast, Gaffer Gamgee. Chef dude. Here we go. Next character. Who we got, Joel? We got Farmer Maggot. Farmer Maggot. Who was briefly mentioned, and we get to see his scythe. Yeah. But other than that. I'm going to get out of my crops. Yeah, totally, totally not justified because he is way better than that. Like, he's not just some angry dude. He helps him out a lot, actually. Mm -hmm. And apparently, as I was doing the the research on these guys, uh, (laughs) he is... Uh, allegedly, the character that um, the Nazgul write up and go, Shia Baggins. And he's like, ain't no, ain't no Baggins around here. Oh, They're yeah. They're off like, in Hobbiton. Oh, that's supposed to be the Farmer Maggot. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's what I said, right? No. That's supposed to be fucking Farmer Maggot. No. Because he's got the dogs, too, remember? Tar- so Farmer oh, Maggot. Yeah, I suppose. He's, uh, he's, um, he lives in the East Farthing, which is right on the border of the Old Forest. And he's got three dogs, which yeah, is weird. Big old for dogs. Hobbits. Big old dogs. Wolf, Fang, and Grip. <laughs> <laughs> and he's actually a pretty important uh, character because the uh, he helps Frodo, Sam, and Pippin uh, on their way to the old forest. Yeah, as soon as they start having trouble with the riders, they sort of run off through the woods and get lost and they pop out at good old Farmer Maggot's Farmer place. Maggot's field. It's funny too because Frodo hasn't been back there since he was a kid. Because he used to steal mushrooms. Yeah. And one time, Farmer Maggot caught him and beat him. Like, caned him on the ass with a cane. <laughs> and that was the last time. That was the last time he saw Farmer saw Maggot. Until, until now, yeah. But the Maggots were, were real welcoming. And they, like, took him in and gave him dinner. And mm-hmm. gave him a ride down to the ferry on a wagon. and like. Dude, one of my favorite parts is when they're leaving. Uh, remember, it's like Frodo. He, they gave him, his wife gave him that basket. Yeah, and Farmer he's Maggot's like, wife gave him a basket. A basket, and he's like, starts smelling it, and he's like, he starts, Frodo just starts laughing because he smells mushrooms. Because, mm-hmm. like, that was Farmer Maggot's little way of, like, I remember you. Yeah, I remember you, motherfucker. <laughs> I totally remember you. But Farmer Maggot knows what's up. He's actually also friends with Tom Bombadil. Yeah, Bombadil actually mentions him by name and, and has, like, clearly has an air of respect for the guy. He's like, this guy actually knows. And Maggot kind of watches over the, uh, Excuse me, Maggot kind of watches over the uh, eastern borders of the Shire to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of watch all the comers and going comers and goers of the of the Shire. So Farmer Maggot, another very important character, who got completely shafted. Shafted. Got some more hobbits coming up for you. This is the Cotton family. All the cotton. All the cottons. So Tolman Cotton is the patriarch, and he has a. Uh, so what he basically does is when they get back during the scouring of the Shire, um, Frodo, Sam, Pippin, and Mary are like, you know, we got we to gotta get rid of these ruffians. And like, this is bullshit. We need to take back our area. And uh, Tolman Khan's basically like, all right, we've been waiting for this, boys. And he just, <laughs> he's like, this is the day we've been waiting for. And then like just musters all these hobbits with like knives and hammers and, and, and like hunting bows. And they, they go after. It's pretty great. And he's got three sons. Tolman Jr., Tom, who goes by Tom, Bowman, who goes by Nick, and Carl, who goes by Nibs. And he's got a daughter, Rosie, Rosie Cotton, and you might know her because she marries Samwise. And they have 13 fucking children. That's a bit much. That's so many children. 
And that's how that's how the testament to how big Bag End is. Because remember, they're living in Bag End because Frodo yeah. gives it to them. Mm-hmm. So like 13 little hobbit children running around Bag End. Must be a huge place. Yeah, and um, so <laughs> they're shafted because they're all cut out, except uh, for Rosie, who's still in the movie, but never actually speaks in the movie. No, they never give her any lines. <laughs> they have people talk to her, and she <laughs> gives like smiling <laughs> nods, but she never actually gets to say anything at all she's literally always smiling and nodding even when they show her at sam's wedding yeah she's just like mm, i'm marrying sam hi or later when they have kids and it's like sam at his house in the shire and she's like oh and he like greets her and she doesn't do anything but like smile and nod at him <laughs> smile and nod rosie cotton shafted shafted all right now we're now we're through with the hobbits that are shafted now we're gonna get into some uh some elves or at least an elf, whose name's Gildor in Glorian. Gildor is a pretty, he's a pretty important character. He's a, a leader of a group of Noldor that Frodo, Sam, and Pepin meet on the road, to the sh- or on the road out of the Shire when they're on their way to uh, Bree, right? No, they're just on their way. It's like right on the borders of the Shire. It's just Sam, Frodo, and Pippin. And this is before they meet up with Mary. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's right. Yeah, it's like almost immediately as they're leaving the Shire. I'm already getting the book confused with the movie. Right? Because, yeah. And um, so Gildor is the leader of a group of Noldor that are just hanging out, moving through the Shire. And uh, he's actually of the House of Finarfin. And he came to Middle-earth under Finrod Felagund, who's one of our favorite, favorite characters. He's one of the best Noldor. And uh, so they're walking through the woods and they're singing. And that drives off the Nazgul. And uh, and Frodo meets up with them. There's a kind of cool moment where we'll talk about this later in the in the thing where Frodo talks, uh, speaks to them in Quenya, and they're just like, "Damn, this Hobbit speaks the High Elven tongue." They call him Elf Friend after that. Yeah, Frodo, Elf Friend. So yeah, he gives uh, Glor- Gildor gives uh, Frodo cons- uh, console, console, council, and, and a little uh, bit of console. There's some console. They played. Yeah, they're little. They're little. <laughs> This was PlayStation 1 back then, guys. Uh, just he, he helped them out because they were being chased by the Black Riders. They didn't even know what they were at that point. Mm-hmm. And this is when Gandalf, the first time Gandalf kind of disappears and doesn't show up when he says he's going to. And he's mm-hmm. a little worried. There's a, one of my favorite lines of dialogue in the, in the book is when uh, he's talking to Gildor. And Gildor's basically like, uh, I know you haven't heard from Gandalf. So you can, uh, he's like basically the choice. What he says is like the basically the choice to go or stay is yours. And... um. Frodo responds that I remember Gandalf told me never ask counsel of the elves for they will say both no and yes. <laughs> and Gildor laughs at him at that. Yeah, and Gildor laughs. So Ultimately, he, he does get out of Gildor some some solid advice though. Yeah, he gets some solid advice, and also Gildor is like, "I'm gonna tell all the homies that y- that y'all are on the road." Yeah, he's he let everyone know on the way after they kind of split ways. Uh, Gildor let everyone know of importance that he saw that. Hey, these hobbits. Mm-hmm. They're on the road, and they're and that's how like Bombadil finds out. Yeah, that's how Aragorn finds out. That's how Elrond finds out. That's how everybody finds out that they're they're on the move essentially, and it's begun. Mm-hmm. The chase has begun. Yeah, and I'm assuming he also told them that they had Nazgul on their tail, because that was the thing too. Frodo asked him what they were, and he was basically too terrified to tell him. Yeah, he's like, I'm not going to tell you because you'll be too scared. Yeah, he didn't even real Gildor didn't even realize the Nazgul were around. Yeah. And then he he asked them about the Black Riders just now and he's like, "What? What do yeah. you mean?" 
He's like those black riders, and then all of a sudden Gildor gets very concerned. Yeah, he's like, oh, the tone just shifts, and he's like, yeah. And yeah, Frodo actually, he asks him what, you know, and he's like, I'm not going to tell you. If you don't already know, he's like, I'll yeah. wait for Gandalf to tell you or something yeah, like that. Yeah, because you'll be, essentially, you'll be too terrified to go any further. <laughs> right, this is a bad place <laughs> to just now find out when you're, like, lost out in the woods at night. Right. Yeah, so Gildor's completely shut out, uh, cut out of the movie. Um, they show the Noldor um, moving through the woods and singing. In the extended edition, In the extended yeah. edition. There's a brief point where Sam and Frodo are set up camp somewhere in the Shire, and they hear singing, and they just see a parade of elves walking through the woods, and they mm-hmm. just kind of look at it and observe and leave. I do not remember if they're singing to Elbereth Githonio, because they are in the book. Because that's how Frodo knows they're high elves. Because Frodo's freaking smart, man. He's he is really smart. And we'll talk about this later because Frodo may or may not be on this list. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Frodo's Spo- totally on this list. Spoiler alert, Frodo's totally on the list. Um <laughs> So he yeah, he's smart as hell. He hears them saying Elbereth And he's like, Oh, these are high elves. They're talking about Elbereth, the the queen of the Valar, I know. Yeah, he's he's all learned because he spent so much time with Bilbo. And Bilbo's, yeah. So and if he didn't Bilbo. spend so much time with crazy Bilbo. Might not have turned out that way. Mm-hmm. So the next character in the uh, storyline is uh, Tom Bombadil. This is a big one. This and, is a big one. And this is where we got our excerpt from. Uh, if you guys didn't know that uh, that Tom in that story was Tom Bombadil, and he saves the hobbits from the Barrow Wraiths. Yeah, at the Barrow Downs. They're barely, you know, not far out of the Shire, and they're already running into some crazy stuff. They run into the Barrow Wraiths over at the Barrow Downs. And then old, old man Willows before that too. Remember? Oh yeah, yeah. That's where they find. That's where they first meet him. Because that's where they first meet yeah. Tom Bombadil. They're going through the old forest and they get real lost and fucked up. And old man Willow literally tries to what like eat a couple of them. Tries to drown Frodo in the river. Yeah, yeah. And tries to eat them essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Frodo gets woken up because he was all wet and he starts running around freaking out trying to figure out what the fuck to do. And then, lo and behold, he hears uh, some singing, some weird ass singing off the distance. It almost sounds like gibberish. And then here comes fucking. He just comes <laughs> hippity hopping down the fucking road. <laughs> and uh, Bombadil, I think the reason why they cut him out is not only does the Bombadil parts not really have anything to do with the overall story. But they decided to cut out the old forest in general. So, I mean, obviously mm-hmm. you're going to cut out Bombadil. Then. Yeah, I mean, even... In the books, people asked why he was still included yeah. in the final yeah. versions of the story because he doesn't fit in very well. He doesn't well fit in. Like, with nobody the, really with knows. With the story or even the general mythology of Middle Earth, he no, doesn't yeah. have a very good defined place. No. But I kind of love that because it just kind of continues to show how vast and just magical and unknown Middle Earth is supposed to be. Yeah. We don't, we the, don't know everything. There are still these crazy oddities like. Tom fucking Bombadil. Tom Bombadil, and, whom and the elves call Goldberry. Eldest, yeah. Yeah, they call him Eldest, they, the one without a father. Mm-hmm. And nobody knows. Is he, he's, and what's really fucked up is there's a part in the book, guys, they cut this totally out. Obviously, Tom Bombadil's not in the movie. But there's a part where Tom Bombadil takes the ring from Frodo, just they're casually talking about the ring. Yeah. And uh, he takes the ring from Frodo and puts it on his finger. It doesn't grow to fit his finger, too, which is weird, because it normally does. And it also does absolutely nothing. Right. And it he didn't looks even... at Frodo and flicks it up in the air and laughs. <laughs> like he is, the ring has zero effect on this guy. It took them a second in the book they described as like puts it on his finger and they all just kind of s- stood there for a second. Then they realized that nothing was happening. They're like, wait, holy shit. Yeah, holy shit. What's going on here? And they actually, in the Council of Elrond, which uh, 
Spoiler alert, we're talking about that soon, too, in a future episode. Council of Elrond, they actually say, uh, why don't we give the ring to Tom Bombadil? Because, you know, nobody's going to fuck with him. Right, and it seems to have no effect on him. Yeah, and it seems to have no effect on him, no corruption over him. He'll just watch over it for the end of time. And they were like, I think it was Gandalf said, like, uh, he's really not concerned about, like, anything at all. Right, he's and not the most trustworthy because <laughs> it means nothing to him, and he <laughs> might just lose it. Yeah, he'll probably just fucking lose it. Or give it away, fucking lose it. Who knows? Because it's like shit like that's not important to Tom Bombadil. And somebody brought up too that ultimately Tom Bombadil wouldn't be able to stop Sauron and his forces if they ever decided to come take it from him, right, like in yeah. full force. Yeah. But I mean, he'd do a damn good job. It's a good hiding place. I don't know yeah. if it's a good like fortification place, but right. it's a good hiding place for sure. But ultimately, they deemed that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. And so therefore, he was completely cut from the film. <laughs> Completely cut from the film. Tom Bombadil and Goldberry. And Goldberry. Yeah, his wife Goldberry. Totally. We don't, yeah. Totally cut out of the movie. Uh, the cool thing, though, is Tom Bombadil has some of the coolest lines. Um, yeah. So they actually took some of uh, Tom Bombadil's lines and they gave him to Treebeard. And he says a lot of them in the extended edition. My favorite is, uh, they come with fire. They come with axes. Gnawing, biting, breaking, hack, and burning. That's a Tom Bombadil line. Curse them. Curse them. Destroyers and usurpers. Curse them. Yeah. We haven't seen that movie enough, I don't think. We think we should watch it again. Yeah. We probably <laughs> need to watch it a few more times just to get it down. That used to be a weekendly thing for me. Oh, yeah. I used to, like, that was what I did. I didn't really do anything else. <laughs> I would watch baseball and Lord of the Rings. That was all I fucking did. So, yeah, we're, we're calling that one a big, fat, fucking shafted. All right, guys. Uh, so Tom Bombadil is really the big one. A lot of you guys, um, when we asked, uh, we posted on the Facebook page uh, asking for your suggestions for shafted characters. Yeah, he was and, a big uh, one that came up. He was up. a big one. Everybody mm -hmm. wanted Tom Bombadil. So uh, we're going to actually end this. Uh, we're going to make this into a two-parter, guys. Uh, we're going to end this at Tom Bombadil. Yeah. Because he's the, the favorite, and he's yeah. the big one. There are definitely some other suggestions that people were throwing out there on the Facebook page. We definitely want to get to those, so we're just going to throw and it I out in a second episode. If I'm not wrong, I think we're covering all the ones people yeah. told us to. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we are. Yeah, so yeah we're we good. went through all the suggestions, and we added in a plenty of our own. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it for, for this episode, guys. Thanks for listening. Uh, this is Keep on Tolkien. I'm Danny J. And this is Joel, and we'll see you next time. See you next time. And remember, as always, keep on Tolkien. Keep on Tolkien. Aure and Tuluba.